Ah, sweet land of liberty, our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinach. Well, it used to be, Dan, that the big religious liberty topic in America was all about religion in the public schools and what uh, you could and could not do. These days, the issue seems to be eclipsed by so many other issues. But occasionally, the battles flare up again, and, and school districts and school administrators do stupid things and, and think that somehow the Supreme Court kicked God and prayer and the Bible out of public school, which, of course, the Supreme Court never did. But we've got another interesting battle here in San Diego County, and, and here to talk about it, my good friend and, and colleague, Attorney Dean Broyles, Director, or is it President of the National Center for Law and Policy, right? Yes, sir. That's correct. Okay. I like to get people's names and titles right. That's important. Technically, I'm the founder, president, and chief counsel, but uh, president's fine. Okay. Well, chief counsel sounds good, too, and well-deserved. Okay. Well-deserved. We'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you got a little situation brewing in one of the school districts in, in San Diego, uh, hassling the, the Christian clubs. Tell us about what's happening, Dean. Sure. So, um, you know, one of the cases I studied uh, right after it was litigated in the U.S. Supreme Court was the case of the Mergens case is what we call it, and it dealt with the Equal Access Act and First Amendment rights of students on campus. And so for, gosh, over 20 years now, 20, 25 years, it's been pretty clear that um, if a uh, school district allows any non-curriculum-related clubs to meet on campus um, uh, during, you know, not during normal school hours, i.e. at lunch or maybe after school, that they also have to allow uh, Christian clubs or religious clubs, or sometimes they're called Bible clubs, to meet on campus, and they're given equal access to use rooms and and uh, make announcements and use the PA system if other clubs are allowed to use those systems. And, and also they're allowed to invite um, adults, um, you know, youth pastors or, or, or youth ministry volunteers to come on campus and speak to their club or, um, you know, participate in the club. Um, but generally the, the, the law requires these clubs to be student initiated and student led. Um, what happened here in San Diego, we've dealt with many cases here um, involving high schools and, and junior highs particularly, where a, an administrator, a new administrator typically will come to the campus. There is an existing Christian club, and the new administrator will say, hey, I don't think this is uh, uh, constitutional. I think this may violate the separation of church and state. And what they're thinking of typically is is a violation of the establishment clause that because it's happening on school grounds during the day that that maybe that seems to bear the stamp or the imprimatur of the school or the state but they would be wrong and so we've handled many cases over the years what's happened in this particular case and it's it's a pretty significant situation is that um a junior high club was occurring the vice principal that they, they serve pizza to the kids at this junior high club 
at a local campus and um, a, a student arrived and there was a disclaimer given at the beginning of the class uh, wherein they were told, this is a Christian club. We will be, you know, talking about religious things and praying and such. And um, if you don't want to be here, you need to, to, you know, go have lunch with the rest of your classmates. Well, apparently this student either wasn't listening or missed the announcement, um, was not a believing student, I believe, and, and um, started having the pizza, but realized that there was a prayer before the pizza. He asked to leave, but what had happened is the vice principal had made this request to not allow kids to leave after the club started, and um, so they asked the, the student to stay. And so the student felt in a in a manner, I, I believe, like they were kind of trapped in this club, like they couldn't leave and they had to be subject to uh, a few religious things like prayer before pizza, God forbid, and went home, complained to their parent, who was a, a Democratic operative lobbyist, um, who went immediately to the principal and the vice principal and didn't stop there and complained to uh, some of her friends in the district. And before the district even investigated the matter, they really they sent out a knee-jerk email um, alleging that the organization that I represent, which is a youth ministry that supports um, Bible clubs on these campuses um, that are student-led and student-initiated, they alleged that they were engaging, they were actually leading this club that the student attended, and that they were engaging in illegal recruiting activity on campus, i.e., inviting kids to off-campus church events or youth events. and um, So there's supposed to be something wrong with inviting kids to something off-campus? Absolutely not. Well, but the school district said there was something wrong with that. That's right. And as a matter of fact, in their knee-jerk response, uh, they sent an email to all principals in middle school and high schools alleging that uh, the ministry I represent was engaged in unlawful and illegal uh, recruiting activity on campus. And so they they bald-faced defamed this ministry and said things that weren't true. It wasn't true legally that they were violating the law. And in, in saying that they violated the law, they defamed my client and, and asked for a district-wide investigation of all the clubs in all the high schools and middle schools throughout this quite large district. And so... Um, Dean, one of the things that comes out of this and it's an increasing concern. And I have to tell you, my attitude has changed over the years. I've been doing religious liberty ministry for over 20 years now. And when I started, I was kind of cynical about Christian claims of persecution and what have you. And and yet, over the years, I've seen more and more that it's not just a misunderstanding of the separation of church and state. There is a genuine hostility to not only to the gospel, but to religion. And the the consensus that, that we used to have in America, Protestant, Catholic, Jew, that you know religion was a positive force in American life, regardless of what you know your church or belief was, these days I think religion is viewed with suspicion. And uh, you know, certainly these kinds of conflicts in the public schools seem to reflect that suspicion. Oh, well, if it's religious, it must be bad. Sure, and I agree with that 100%. And I would say not only suspicion, but outright disdain. Um, in, in this case, the tone of the email that went out was, it was treating them like they were 
they basically that they were almost criminal. I mean, it was that it had a, a very hard edged tone, and it was sent out, to, blasted out to all the principals of, of senior highs and junior highs. And what I've seen too, generally, I would say yes, religion in America is under attack and suspicion. But even more powerful than that, I would say biblical Christianity is under suspicion and attack. I mean, if you really believe, have a high view of the Word of God and a high view of the Scriptures, um, and, and you live it out in your life, um, it is targeted um, for suspicion and derision. And uh, that's definitely the tone that this email had. And even in, in further communications back and forth with the district, it was clear that, um, and I, I've done a lot of school cases, not just Bible club cases, but across the board, religious and, and other free speech cases. And um, I can definitely say with, 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 with strong confidence, if this were the LGBT club that had adults there inviting kids to off-campus events or the, the uh, Islamic club or the Buddhist club or the yoga club or the Hindu club, um, they would not be targeted the way this Christian club um, uh, and this Christian organization were. So let me take a step back from sort of the legal and the conflict here, and, and let's kind of look at this from a, a Christian and a biblical perspective, because as I read my Bible, um, I, I'm taught to expect that the gospel of Jesus Christ, that the cross is an offense, and that the church... Uh, well, the church historically has prospered in adversity, not so much in cultures uh, where it is more accepted. Yes, and and I think there is going to be a healthy um, process that occurs as a result of increasing persecution. I mean, the way I put it um, kind of bluntly in context is that I believe that in America, the way the pendulum is swinging right now, we are moving from what I call soft persecution of the church, where we're kind of called names and marginalized, to um, increasingly towards hard persecution. And um, I don't know what form that hard persecution will take, whether it's you know people losing their jobs in jail and, and maybe even death. Um, but I, I think that's the way the pendulum's swinging. And in a lot of respects, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, because I believe that much of evangelical Christianity in America has become soft and flabby, um, and, and we need to be strengthened and toughened up. And the way we grow as believers is by suffering and hardship and persecution. And so I believe there'll be a kind of a separation of sheep and goats as this process occurs, and it'll be in many ways a healthy, positive um, process on the other side. But, you know, we like to be comfortable. We don't like to uh, not be liked by our neighbors and peers and friends. And so for some, it'll be a very uncomfortable process to go through, I think, for most of us, if not a lot of us. You know, I'd really like to hear from our listeners on this. You know, I grew up uh, I grew up in a very Jewish environment in New York City. I am Jewish, and I didn't know from Christians at all. Everybody I knew was Jewish. When I was introduced to the gospel and to Jesus Christ, and, and I find myself in California in a Christian context. I was surprised to find that there were Bible clubs and, you know, groups of Christians in all the high schools, and that, uh, you know, and I mean, in my high school, even when I went to public school, 
And it wasn't all Jews. There were no Christian cliques. You know, there were the usual groups of jocks and stoners mm -hmm. and, you know, nerds and what have you. But there was no kind of Christian group. And, you know, it seemed as though it had become cool to be Christian. And then you have the explosion of the megachurches and, you know, these huge kind of social communities of hundreds and thousands of people where, you know, it's, hey, I'm a Christian, you're a Christian, we're all, but it's easy to be Christian. And, uh, and what I hear you saying is that that's turning around to where it's not so cool to be Christian anymore. And I wonder how many will retain their faith when it's not cool. Yeah, I think that's a big concern. And, um, but I believe that the true believers will stay true and reveal themselves in, in the hardship. And I, again, that's a purifying, that's a difficult thing, but it's a positive purifying thing, I think, in the long run. And I think, you know, Dean, it's important that we keep our eyes on the prize. Our faithfulness to Christ is far more important than, you know, whether a school district understands um, what our religious freedom is. Yeah. Well, one of the things that was important in this case is that, you know, there are thousands of children or students, you know, young people who meet every week in these clubs. And this year, above all years, they were having a, a really a bumper crop of response. Some of these clubs were having three, four hundred kids showing up Wow! to hear the gospel. And so the way I view this is that, uh, you know, the enemy was not real happy <laughs> kids were being ministered to in, on the public school grounds and uh, so there was a strong Dean, response to it we're out of time our guest Dean Broyles Chief Counsel for the National Center for Law and Policy um, fighting the good fight this has been Freedom's Ring we've been talking about religious conflict in the public schools and don't forget friends freedom is not free be informed get involved this has been Freedom's Ring I'm your host, Alan Rennock. Until next week, let freedom ring.